If you've ever found yourself passionately curious, the type to soak knowledge and question the how and why, and think you might have the curiosity to push past average, push all the way to limitless, then welcome to Sales Network One. Sebastian Vivacqua is an expert on the human connection of sales in life and business, and he's here to evolve our thinking about the psychology of selling. You'll also hear from sales heroes, growth addicts, and rising stars on their strategies, methodologies, and techniques. All tools you can use for your own limitless growth. It's the concepts, the fundamentals, even things you've heard before, but presented in a way that just makes sense. Now, let's get into it. All right, so welcome everybody to the kickoff episode of Sales Network. I'm your host, Sebastian. I'm here in London today with Juan Botindari, my Argentinian comrade. Uh, Juan, thanks a lot for joining me. You're very welcome. It's, Pleasure to be the first one. It's an absolute honor to have you as a first guest. How's things going for you? Everything's going very well. Very exciting time for us. And it's a pleasure to catch up with you after 10 years. How long has it been? It's almost been 10 years, eh? Yes, so uh, for everybody, Juan is a global trekker. He's been in around three continents from South America to Oceania to Europe. He's uh, now living here in London working as a global head of sales for Silverfin. And uh, he packs over 15, over 15 years of sales experience. Uh, he actually started as he, with his own managing, uh, managing his own company, One World Group, and then moved on to the Active Network, Lanyon, Oracle as well, in between all of those. And uh, now he's moved from a large enterprise to a startup, Silverfin. So Juan, tell us a bit about how, what, what are you guys up to these days at Silverfin? Um, look, it's a, it's a very exciting time, um, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Silverfin has, and, and the main reason why I joined the Silverfin project is that it's a very unique thing in today's world where um, it's a fintech, uh, it's a startup with five years in the market now, some really nice uh, customers already on board, so it's a proven success. But the most you know, unique thing in today's landscape is yeah. that it's almost creating a new segment. Um, it's, it's a new niche, it's really truly nailing a niche in the accounting sector. Um, and that in sales, as you know, Sebastian, uh, you know, it's always a crowded market. Uh, the less competition are there, the easier. Uh, but that true. comes with some challenges because, of course, uh, you're creating a market for yourself. So it's all about how do you position yourself and how do you create that category. But it's very exciting times. We're very excited about what the future lies ahead. Um, and I'm very, uh, again, uh, you know, excited about the role that I have to play in the firm's growth in the next few years. That's, that's absolutely great. You know, you guys are definitely one, 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 one company to watch for. Yep, watch the space. <laughs> we will, we will. And uh, what I want to touch point is on your leadership traits that uh, you believe that have made you as successful, you know, that took you through the path that you've been through. Yeah, look, it's, we can spend hours and, and talking about all the cliches and all the things that everybody talks about. And I believe to a certain degree, we all know what actually makes somebody, you know, tick along and be able to, to see success. I, I still would, I'm very humbled in that fact that I have still have a lot to learn. Um, you know it uh, yourself as well. You never stop learning and it's keeping that curiosity and that openness to understand that no matter what you've done so far, there's still a long path ahead and there's a lot of, you know, great people out there that you can learn from. Um, it's, you know, breaking those hierarchy and those ageism that used to be around that just because you're older than somebody else uh, clearly means you know more. And yeah. I think today with a lot of, you know, young people coming into business in early ages where, you know, I look back to where I was when I was early 20s 
And I think to some people now, they're already founding companies, you know, already have two or three exits and it's amazing, right? So um, I think that hunger to be looking out there to see who else you can learn from and what else you can actually learn to add to your, to your toolkit, um, that definitely has helped me to stay hungry. Um, and to stay open to hear more things. Um, that's definitely been something that I, you know, consciously am aware of. And as I said to you, I'm very proud of what I've achieved, but there's so much more to do that, that I'm always seeking for what the next thing is going to come. Awesome. I really love the, the humble approach, I have to point out. And uh, the other point that you really uh, nailed it there with the student mentality. I think there's uh, limitless knowledge to learn and uh, kind of in a way when we're in sales it's, it's kind of important to have that polymath mentality of uh, that curiosity mind so uh, I think that's brilliant so that's that's great and, uh, and in your view let's let's touch point to something that I think uh, I think you're good at and that's where you you bring something different as well to the table is how do you actually uh, enable your team to to become the better version of themselves um, but look it's it's been different and, and you being part of that journey early days in New Zealand. I do remember um, that. <laughs> so very different, good stories, good memories, a uh, very different scenario. The world was a different place, let's say. It wasn't that long ago, but it was definitely a, a different place. Um, and um, so things have changed. And I suppose the, the one constant thing has been always about staying uh, truthful, you know, having that open relationship with people. Um, I think once you actually can show somebody that they can trust you and that you actually have earned the trust by showing competence and actually showing empathy at the same time, right? Um, that's typically where you start to see good relationships. And, and of course, it's identifying that everybody's unique, um, that you cannot have, you know, like a mold that everybody has to fit and actually do it this way. Um, and I suppose that's one of the great things about sales, that there is no one method that actually is proven to work over others. So. If you think that your way is the only way, you're soon gonna find you know, failure because chances are that you're trying to make everybody fit through that same um, you know, mold. So I think the crucial thing has been you know, understanding the unique individualities that everybody brings to the table and helping people see how can they actually make good use of the strengths and how you can help them minimize or at least be aware of their weaknesses in order for them to actually work around them and, and obviously minimize the potential risk of, of those weaknesses that perhaps are you know, pulling them down a little bit. I think you unpacked great stuff there. And uh, the, main, the main thing I wanted to go into depth now is how you actually choose your guys and girls, you know, like how you choose your team when you're hiring them. Um, look, that's, that depends on the role that you're recruiting for. Of course, it changes widely if you're hiring somebody at the entry level of their career where there's yeah. perhaps less tangible things to go for. So you're trusting a bit more your gut feeling versus if you're hiring for somebody who's meant to be having already a certain degree of experience and knowledge with them. Um, at the moment, the sort of thing we have or presently, at least for my team, we're looking more for the up and rising talent, you know, uncovering the next gem in, in, in the actual uh, sales scheme. Uh, which is a little bit more on the risky side of the business because like I mentioned just now, you don't know as much as you would know for somebody with, you know, five, ten years of experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it can be very rewarding when you actually find that, you know, uh, gemstone there that, that, you know, took a bit of work but actually definitely paid off. Um, Who do you see as the rising talent? So, look, it's, it's the usual stuff that everybody looks for, you know, it's in sales, which is always the competitive element, it's the trustfulness, it's the, you know, the being a, an inquisitive person, you know, wanting always to be curious, to learn, and also when, you know, speaking with people to learn about them. Um, you know, being able to be a good communicator to me today, especially in the type of sales that we're doing, which is always complex sales, is 
not just being able to be you know a good spokesperson and being able to be you know somebody who can articulate things correctly but it's more important to be able to bring complex uh, representations or complex scenarios and being able to translate it into something simple that somebody can follow uh, because that's a big difference when you explain to somebody especially for us in a new niche in a new market yeah yeah you know it's about creating that uh, awareness of something that people are unaware of so the easier we can make the transition the easier we can hold our hand and help them see what's on the other side the better so for me it's crucial to get somebody who can again articulate a complex scenario into a simple way for somebody to follow um, and then the rest just the usual stuff, really. It's, you know, as I said to you, the competitiveness, definitely we're looking for competitive people. We're looking for people who are hungry, you know, people who want to make, you know, money as well. You know, that's the usual things we look for. But, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a gut feeling too, just because there's sometimes not enough on paper exactly, uh, to yeah. go for. But, yeah, look, it's a bit of a hit and miss, and it's a learning journey for both for us as the employers as well as for the employee coming in. Um, not everybody's made for sales, uh, so it's a little bit yeah. of finding yourself, and that's what we're helping people to do. Great, great. I think that's uh, I think it's very helpful, of course, for a lot of people to hear this uh, this from coming from your perspective. I think, and if we dive deeper there, how do you uh, empower your your collaboration between teams? And now let, let's let's now dive into sales and marketing because yep. that's really important uh, to have that collaboration and work as one team basically so yeah it's, it's the usual battle between sales and yeah. marketing attribution for marketing saying that this was you know creative marketing and sales saying well actually it was not and, and and look i think a lot of times now and you see it in more uh, companies than not there is a clear understanding that sales and marketing is one thing you know at the end of the day salespeople are doing marketing to a certain degree and marketing is taking you know, a bigger chunk on the customer's journey through that buying cycle so exactly. um, it's really understanding that it's it's all in one and as soon as you do that, then the better collaboration you have. Um, for us and for our company, Silverfin is quite unique as well in the sense that there's a very open uh, approach to communication between teams and actually encouraged to actually cross-collaborate. Um, of course, everybody has a functional area for which they're responsible and they have to drive results. But the idea is, you know, for example, uh, my team works very closely, of course, with marketing, with the field sales, with pre-sales, even with product, right? So the idea right. is we're always going around and thinking who's the best person that I can actually connect to either share some feedback, to actually perhaps you know clarify some questions or perhaps hear a different point of view on something that maybe they're just wanting to see how somebody else thinks. Um, with marketing in particular, for us, it's all about you know maximizing the return on what we're spending, right? It can be a very expensive exercise, marketing. Um, you know, there's a lot of options, so it's even a more complex setup for the marketeers today than it was, you know, 10 years ago with the amount of technology and Marketing options and, and channel, yeah, exactly. channels you have available. Yeah. So um, we see it as, you know, we are kind of almost carrying that baton. It's a relay race for us. So what marketing starts, perhaps, you know, my SDR team will continue, hand over to the field sales team and hopefully see it all the way through to the customer success, you know, and, and, and you know, we have a very happy cycle. Um, but it's, yeah. it's a little bit of that openness, and this comes from the founders of the company. You know, they have a very open mentality, open approach. You know, we have a very open plan office too, which helps for those communications. So I think it's the ethos of the company to try to cross-collaborate, uh, is the channels we make available for every employee to have access to those individuals, no matter if they're in the same office in the same country or not. Um, and a little bit of that curiosity that I mentioned before, right? People to think, okay, if I have a good idea that could help marketing or that could help product or that can help actually the talent and HR team, I'm going to share it. And I know that I'm going to be rewarded and recognized for it, whether it's going to be something that we can run with or not, it's still encouraged. 
That's gold. That's gold right there. And I and I, and I would like to actually ask you then, because we know when we that you you unpacked the world there, and uh, I think you you said a lot of good things. Um, but how how about let's paint the picture with an example for it. let's so to say a good collaboration between sales and marketing. Okay. It sounded really nice, you know, in, uh, in how you said it. Now, in in in, in, in uh, reality, how yeah, does it exactly. come together? Well, look, it's just textbook stuff. No, no, this has never been proven. So, unfortunately, there's no examples. <laughs> uh, now, look, the the reality and giving some examples. So, for us, um, you know, events are something we do a lot of and that we see a lot of value, whether they are third party events um, or actually um, our own events we might do, like networking uh, breakfast or some leadership uh, events. Um, where we come together very nicely is that in some events, marketing will be driving the initiative. They'll actually be owning that, let's say, initial piece of the communication. Um, yeah. But in other places, actually, it's more driven by sales. Um, how we help each other, first of all, is to understanding what are the actual uh, metrics we actually want to go for, what are the objectives we're trying to get from the event. You know, we have these you know, joint meetings where we actually would come together to understand what is that we're trying to achieve, who's going to be accountable for what, um, and sometimes from the creative piece, like I said earlier, you know, from you know, where we're going to do it, what's going to be the topics, what do we need in order to be more engaging, that conversation flows seamlessly between twos. Um, that's one example. And overall, it's just thinking a little bit about, hey, look, I came across the, this article. Uh, I came across this new channel. Hey, look, I know there's an event coming up. Can we do it? Hey, look, I thought of a great campaign we can actually do on paid media. So it's just being able to contribute from that point of view, but mostly it's through to the conversations we have and the involvement that there is in every single step of the way. That was, that was absolutely great. Uh, and, and I love the approach and it's, it's one team uh, in the end that uh, creates big wins. So you made it clear there and that's, uh, that's excellent. Diving deeper there now, how do you make sure that there's not too many cooks in the kitchen? If you know, you know, like it's, yeah, no, no, I, I see what you mean. And that's obviously the balance that you need to figure out. And it's a tricky balancing act because the moment that you have too many of an open door policy where everybody can come in, have a look, you know, chip in, contribute, with all the good you can get out of it, like I said before, it's because sometimes having that external site, not being in the day-to-day, -day, might bring some fresh ideas or at least give you the opportunity as an external party to learn from that other functional area. Um, you got to make sure that always you're performing in your uh, backyard, right? So the idea yeah. is, you know, we encourage this, but there's always an understanding that your functional area, the job that you actually were hired here to do, your main uh, core is actually being looked after um, before you start obviously diverging or starting to focus a bit of your attention somewhere else. That's always the premise. It's difficult balance, like I said, but um, we'd obviously with a bit of help and, you know, uh, everybody's staying on top of each other uh, in a good way, that, that obviously helps out. Absolutely great, and I think uh, you're on the right path right there with uh, with your team. Then, yeah, so. and look, it's for for our team. It's the, the you know the the SDR job itself is one of the toughest jobs in sales. I quite um, you know defend that position. That is obviously the tougher one, getting those initial conversations going. Um, but it's a very rewarding one because I think that it's the one that ultimately creates a backbone. It gives you that structure that you need then as a professional salesperson growing, whether you stay in sales or you move on to a different functional area. Um, I think the, the traits, the actual character that you build through that initial phase of, of the, the sales cycle is crucial. Um, and I think I also like the fact that we have this cross-collaborative approach because it allows people to explore and understand a little bit more what else is out there, not just necessarily you know, a sales field, yeah. sales role that everybody dreams about and thinks that that's the end of a rainbow. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we are. All right, and uh, do, you, do you actually guys do some, uh, say, sprints 
or use yeah it sounds like you guys are on the agile side for specifically on sales and marketing not the other teams um yeah i was just gonna say there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment with kanban and sales uh other sales um methods we're trying to use to stay on top um frankly speaking look i'm not gonna try to to make it sound like too fancy we're not um, adhering to any specific spring methodology to work um, for us in sales it's just more about having a structured sales cadence we have the right tools to be able to do it uh, for us it's all about leveraging data now um, i'm a firm believer that you know sales is a good balance of you know arts and science you know the, the scientific part is the data that we have the ability today to pull in a much richer way yeah. with the tools available i'm talking from crm to you know voice recording ai all those sort of things um, there's a lot of good data that you can use to help find trends to start to you know find the patterns as to what's working and what's not so that's the scientific part, which we pay a lot of attention to. Um, and then the creative part is all more artistic part is still, you know, the, the art of selling, which is just finding what's the best way for you to create a report of the person, what's the right message, what's the right channel. That's the part that, you know, it's the beauty of it. And it's the, it's the, it's the peril that there's no one way of doing it, uh, which Very means true. that, you know, that's, that's the part that I like it because every, anybody can come uh, with a new technique, a new idea, and you'd be fool to say that's not gonna work, right? You'd be foolish to say that it's not gonna work just because it's not the usual stuff. All right, well, to be honest, actually, you guys are with a, it's quite awesome, it's quite cool what you guys are doing there. And one thing that I wanna point out is how you mentioned that you're leveraging on the tools that you guys use to augment and, yep. and also grow. And that, I, think, I think that's something very important in the sense like augmenting, augmenting and using the right tools to use data to uh, to obviously increase performance that's that's something that it's great yeah and i mean it's it's the old of course but the new is how do you actually augment that uh, increase in performance with your team and yourself yeah well like every salesperson you ask them and you know as long as they're in the in the in the app on their confidence levels they're gonna tell that they're they're kick-ass and they're amazing and they're on fire <laughs> and you know they're unstoppable and they can sell everything uh, the truth is sometimes when you look at the data, then you might go, actually, you're not as hot as you need to. So it can be a bit of humble pie. Um, but It's also good that, that it brings you down to earth. Totally, totally. And, and I think that it allows you to kind of, as I said, stay humble, you know, think, okay, I might be doing okay, but there's definitely room for improvement, right? Perhaps, yes, I did actually meet my quota, but I had to churn through twice as much as, of the territory as my colleague over here did. So, you know, I'm going to go and pick in his brains because if I can actually be much more efficient, yeah, you know, why wouldn't I? Um, so I think the data helps sometimes brings down some preconceptions or some, you know, mental uh, illusions we create for ourselves to think how great we are, you know. Uh, same thing back in the days when we didn't have all these kind of cameras and, <laughs> and, and Instagram and Facebook and everything sharing literally the play by play. You know, I have some great stories of, about me and my friends in childhood. You know, I'm pretty sure they're inflated, but the good news is no footage or evidence to prove that it's not. So uh, today it's more difficult to get away with things like that because the data, you know, data is king and you'll see it very quickly whether you're talking, you know, shit or whether actually you are being uh, particularly good at a specific area. That's great. And in my mind, I was just remembering the good old days as well, where we started door to door knocking, Absolutely. you know, that direct marketing, imagine the, the good videos and stories of that. It 
they would have been recorded. We would be having a laugh, a blast. I, I think, yeah, if I had a one of one of those body cameras, I definitely would have had some very interesting footage to share and, and, and a few hits on YouTube. I reckon I would have had a, a few um, <laughs> trending topics on Twitter too. But uh, look, I think it's look, it's, it's one of the things you take it for where it is, and you got to make sure that you're using the tools available um, and the resources available for for us now in this uh, you know age of technology we're going through. Um, and using them effectively because you can also sync in data and it's a very dangerous game. You can actually have data for the sake of data or, or sales or marketing technology for the sake of it. Um, so it's just finding which ones are the right ones that, that you need at this time in, and in point in time um, and how you're going to use them and what you expect to actually get out of them. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's all gimmicks. Great. I think, I think that was awesome. That was awesome what you, what you said there. And uh, <laughs> again, I'm going to make some good show notes of this. And, let, let me ask you just a fun question. And now, just talking about sales and marketing, eh? sure. if, uh, if you could go back, say, 10 years in time, what would you tell your younger version? Not so younger version, but younger version still. Uh, <laughs> I like well, that. For starters, probably buy some Bitcoin, maybe. That would be a good starting point. Uh, no, but like jokes aside, I don't know. I, like, I always think it's, it's a very common question, right? What would you tell your younger self? Um, exactly, yeah. And, and, and I always get a different, a different uh, opinion. Yeah, well, look, I, I'm pretty sure you might have heard something along these lines, but I probably wouldn't, wouldn't change much. And look, the reason why I say this is, yes, we all make mistakes. We all do things we regret. Um, we all perhaps sometimes regret the, the lost opportunity. But at the end of the day, life has so many ups and downs. You know, there's so many different variables of things that can go well, can go wrong, that even if you went back, change, you know, something that, you know, perhaps averts a bad experience, you might have inadvertently as well changed the pattern of something good that would have happened, right? So I think you take it as it is. I would do it exactly the same way, you know, with all the good and the bad that comes from it. But at least, you know, it's about learning from those, you know, good experiences and obviously learning from those bad ones too. So apart from, again, some perhaps investment stock options, maybe I wouldn't say much other than that. All right. Very, very, very humble answer, I can say. <laughs> I can say that. And do you have any specific sales methodologies, techniques that you like to sort of tell your team to, to work with, so to say? Uh, we, we do obviously follow a couple of methodologies closer, um, you know, more the, the, the challenger sell type methodology. But the reality is that there is so many different types of methodologies that there are so many different books written about something. Um, that there's no single way of doing it or there's no right way of doing it. So um, what we try to do a lot of and what I'm consciously trying to do more and more of is just being open to different things. You know, yeah. the fact that, you know, I might not send somebody a WhatsApp message, it doesn't mean it doesn't, doesn't work. Or the fact that somebody might be actually getting better results for social media uh, than somebody else. Uh, you know, that's fine. It's, it's almost that's the level of individuality that I mentioned earlier where I'm open enough to let people find what works for them based on their personality, based on the, the skills that they have. Um, and if we're getting good results, we're getting good results. Uh, again, who am I to say that, you know what, that's not gonna work, so don't try it. So it's quite the opposite actually. Um, but yeah, the challenger sale is the one that we typically, or I personally tend to adhere more to, especially because of this type of sales. So it's yeah. about leading with insights. It's just understanding who the person you're speaking with is, taking the time and the effort to understand what they're going through, what they could be going through. It's always a guesstimate. Um, and just trying to, you know, teach them and, and, and deliver insights that even if the conversation doesn't progress, at least you can leave them with something new, something to make them think, to actually make them wonder if, okay, maybe not now, but might be something worth taking later on. But it's always about, you know, trying things. And that's, I think, what sales has been doing 
in the last few years, trying different things, trying different channels, trying different techniques, and you know, see what works. That's great. I think it's important to, like you're saying, it's uh, innovate, pivot everything. You know, in order to create innovation, you actually have to pivot everything, and and, and in between that, it's okay to actually fail, and that's that's something that we all need to understand. That you you try something new, and 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 you fail, that's, it's totally fine. But the, the most important thing is that you, you are tenacious, courageous when, when actually trying those new things. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's, it's the worst thing that can happen really in, in our game is somebody might say no, right? That's kind of end game. And frankly speaking, I mean, I've said no to plenty of people in the last few weeks. I won't remember after three months and they will come to me again and we might have a great conversation the second time around, right? Um, so at the end of the day, innovation actually helps uh, people get through. And we're talking about a people business at the end of the day. So, you know, it's impossible to have one thing that works for everybody because we're all so unique um, that that will be probably the, the biggest mistake you can do as a salesperson, thinking or trying to impose a way of working or a single me singular methodology to somebody, expecting for it to work every single time, right? So that's, I think, the, the big thing is, you know, keep innovating, keep thinking outside the box and keep trying things, you know, don't be afraid to try. Absolutely great. And that's, a, that's an awesome way to finish the episode right there. In fact, to be honest, I, I'm even looking forward to, to the future to even have you back in the show talking about a different topic in episode 50, so to say, it's, it's going to be funny. It would, it would be a pleasure to. So uh, <laughs> hopefully there's an episode 50 to take part of. Uh, if there is, you already heard it, folks. I'm going to be uh, featured in episode 50 as well. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed listening to today's episode and got lots of takeaways from Juan Botinari today. If you want to connect with Juan, you can reach him on LinkedIn. I will leave the link in the show notes below the episode. So don't forget to check them out. And again, thanks so much. Until next episode. This has been Sales Network One, covering the concepts, the fundamentals, things you've heard others ramble on about, but in an innovative, exciting way that just makes sense. Join Sebastian again on the next episode. Subscribe now so you're first to hear it. And if you really liked it, give us a five-star review or share this episode with a friend. Our website is salesnetworkone.com. Hasta la vista, baby.